0: your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. That's the text that we'll be working through today. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come among us now, God, that you would use this time to enlighten us, your word, that you would help us to be bold, to apply it to our lives, and God, we pray over our youth right now, Lord, that you would raise them up in a manner that they would be able to be true to your will, God, that they will be your servants, your soldiers, and that they will spread your word into the community and country and the world, God, we pray a prayer of blessing over them right now. Well, God, I uh, ask that you would help us to be examples to them so that they can live out your life uh, based on what they learned from us and what we learned from God. Lord, we thank you for what you have given us in salvation through Jesus. Amen. Live as the light, light up the darkness. Now you guys have probably seen the youth today, uh, noticed their sweatshirts that they're wearing. Ephesians chapter 5, that we're going over today, is the, the verse that inspired this uh, this uh, sweatshirt that they have created. And they spent a lot of time thinking about that, and they've decided um, that through this process of of leadership that they are growing into that, that Ben most beautifully uh, illustrated with his words is something that they uh, have a deep passion for, sharing the light with their community, sharing hope with their community through love and service is our mission, and our youth are continuing that. I'm so excited to see them work, and uh, just seeing them lead worship, I think, brings emotions that uh, a lot of us aren't used to seeing and feeling It's so amazing. Uh, Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 5 says, To imitate God in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Imitate God. Now let's think about that for a minute. Imitate God as his dear, dear children. Those of you who are our children right now, maybe you can think of a time when uh, you imitate your folks. Or or if you're parents, you can think of a time when your child imitated you. Sometimes you are proud of that moment. Sometimes that moment is not a moment that you are proud of. I'll never forget the time when I was putting lug nuts on my truck. It was up on Jack's and my, my two or three year old Flint. Uh, watched me do everything because they see you as you do things and they want to do exactly as their parent. He seen me screwing the nuts on and taking them off. And as I had them all hand tightened, someone called my name from across the yard and I went to see them. And and uh, I did not know this, but snuck up there and untightened them all and put them on the ground. Um, And when I came back, Flint wasn't there, but I see my lug nut sitting there and the tire had fallen off. I scratched my head. But he imitated what I was doing. And I'll also never forget the times when my children uh, say things or do things that, uh, boy, I wish they wouldn't have imitated. <laughs> and I did that. I think we all can share those. Now, I'm not going to share a specific situation because it wouldn't be flattering. <laughs> We all have those times. God says, As my children imitate me. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And then verses three through five go through some ideas of what we don't want to do. Things that we should stay away from, should completely get rid of. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed. It says, these things have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Verse 6 tells us not to be fooled by those who try to, exorc- to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in And the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. Listen folks. But now. You have light. From the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light. Within you produces only what is good. And right. And true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of the evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. And make music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Point number one today from this text is don't be deceived. Verse 6 says, don't be (laughs) deceived, don't be fooled, don't be misled. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, when we read about Eve committing the first sin when she ate that apple, notice how Satan comes up to her and what he says. Satan addresses Eve like this. Did God really say, So the devil says, did God really say that you can't eat of any of the fruit in the garden, any of the trees? And Eve says, no, God didn't say that. Uh, We can eat of any of the fruit and any of the trees of the garden, except for the one in the middle. Only that one. Only that tree. If we eat fruit from that tree, we will surely die. And Satan says, you know what, Uh, God doesn't want you to know the difference from good and evil. He doesn't want you to be knowing like him. And you won't die. This is what the devil tells Eve. He is shrewd. He is sneaky. And this is his sneaky way of getting Eve to question God's word. We question God's word. Sometimes because Satan in our life twists and changes God's word. Listen, let me make this straight. The devil doesn't have heaven to look forward to. The devil has already been sentenced to hell and he is stuck there and he doesn't want what's best for you. He doesn't want more company Either He doesn't care one bit about you. He just wants suffering for everyone along with him. His thoughts are consistently evil, and he wants to drag you down, and he will do anything he can, including, did God really say? Twisting, twisting God's word. Listen, you probably all of us, have had this happen and we can be deceived if we hear God's use out of context, God's word, and we can be deceived because we don't know God's word. This is why it's so important for us to read scripture, to soak it in, to understand it and then when we question God's word, we're also opening ourselves up to being deceived it. Scripture says in James we must resist the devil resist him and push him out of our presence because we can do that with Scripture that's what God trains us to do when the devil tries to twist the word we can say you're wrong I know what God is saying what did God really say You know, did God really say, Deuteronomy chapter 6, did God really say that you have to teach your children his word when you are on the road, or when you are uh, at home, or when you are going to bed, or getting up, over and over again, teaching your children, repeating to your children God's word? Did God really say that? Yes, he did. Did God really say that Christians would suffer? You know, we get this idea, boy, once we become believers in Jesus, that uh, life will be good. Does God really say that? Or does God say that we're going to suffer? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12, yes, every and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus, will suffer persecution. God did say that. If your life is tough, it is difficult. That does not mean that you're not a good Christian. We are promised that there will be suffering. Also, the Word of God tells us that that suffering, when we walk through it with Jesus, can be turned to joy. Because we know that this is is God's plan and because of Jesus Christ, the blood and the body that he gave to us, that Ethan just told us about, allows us to walk through the most difficult times knowing that it doesn't have to affect us. That we can come out on the other side because of the, the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. Did God really say that we can't do anything To get ourselves into heaven. Did God really say that? Romans chapter 9 verse 16. Says it's about the mercy. Not about the work. So it's God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it. Nor work for it. question I think that uh, comes to that. A lot of times that makes us doubt. Satan doesn't even really have to pose this question directly to us. Just through the influence of the world, we get to feeling like we need to work and we need to do this, uh, be a little bit better, and tomorrow I'll just uh, work myself more and more and get more on top. And and then all of a sudden we forget. uh, that it's the mercy that God gives us through Jesus that gets us to heaven. Don't be deceived. And listen, God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest an everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Don't be deceived thinking that you can rebel against God without consequence. We all know the guy and if you don't know the guy you've seen his, uh, his image on movies that thinks when they show up they bring the party. They pride themselves like on that. And I'm, I'm not talking about people. We all know people that are fun, and when they come to the party, we say, yeah, that's great. I'm talking about the guy who says, boy, when I show up, things start happening. Before I came, there was nothing going on. But I bring the party when I come. We all know that guy. And spiritually, we see that kind of a guy. They think that they can just do as they want, and they got it all under control. Let's be clear. When that guy shows up to his judgment day, when his life here on earth is over, and he shows up to that because he has no choice, we all go to judgment, And when he thinks he's done everything he needs to do, but he hasn't given his life to Jesus, hasn't accepted salvation, put his faith in God's plan through a Savior, the only Savior in Jesus, then he will not be so proud of himself at that point. You reap what you sow. We cannot mock God. Other versions say God is not mocked. We must confess the truth First John chapter 1 verse 5 through 10. this is the message that we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us, our sins to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. Confess the truth. Confess, meaning agreeing with God. When we confess things to people, usually that person doesn't know what we are about to confess. It's a different situation with God. No matter what we do, whether it's something good or something bad, we're not giving a news flash to God saying, Hey, God, I, I sinned. God's like, Yeah, I know. Uh, God, I, I did. Look at all the good things that I did. God, I know. God says. So this isn't what the confession is to God. This is agreeing with God. We come to Him and say, I know that you know this. But here's what I now agree with you. I see that you laid out something that I was supposed to do and I didn't do it. It's agreeing with God, folks. We confess to agree with Him. And we confess the truth. The truth is, the truth is, I have sinned. truth is, I ain't perfect. Right? None of us are. All of us. Every one of us. Scripture says all have sin. None of us are perfect. This is the truth. Confess, uh, agree with God the truth of who we are and what we are, and guess what and who we are? We are His dear children. The truth is, God is faithful and God is just. And he will forgive and cleanse us from all wickedness. This is the word of God. Don't be deceived in thinking that you can mock God. Don't be deceived in not knowing the truth. And don't be deceived by what Satan says, twisting God's word. Point number two, shine. If we are to light up the darkness to live as the light, we must shine. Verses in our Ephesians chapter 5, 8 through 11, says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have a light, you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you is. produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord, and take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So, we have this light, physical light that God created, that we call the sun. Since we're talking about light, this is a good illustration. And it comes up every morning, and uh, we are in our house. Some, sometimes we have curtains on the windows so that when the sun comes up, we, it doesn't come through and wake us up, but we are sheltered from the light. Now, here's what i We put ourselves in that house. And we are shielded from the sun. We are in the dark, so we must step into the light. Every morning. You have to get up. You have to obey your alarm clock roll out of bed put on clothes and then step out of the door so that you can go to work or do whatever you have to step into the light now there's nothing nothing wrong with sleeping in a house sometimes I think so but there's nothing wrong with that, actually living in the house but spiritually speaking it's a good illustration we must intentionally step out of sometimes the shelter that we make the shelter of darkness. Sometimes we start uh, going into places that are not according to God's will. And we start walking into those, those places of darkness. And we build a shelter that will keep out the light. will keep out Jesus. Places we go. Decisions we make. Uh, darkness. And we must intentionally, actively step out of them so that we can see the light. We need to make Jesus Lord and Savior of our lives. This leads back to what we were talking about, that God is faithful and just, and He will forgive us and cleanse us from our sins. When we seek Him, ask Him to be part of our lives, uh, repentance gives us this light and we can see it. And we remove the shield. Make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. And then when we are in the light, we can see it. We must soak up this light. Verse 9 tells us, For this light within you produces only what is good and right <coughs> and true. Soak up the light. Now think about... Uh, a solar light or solar panels. They soak up rays from the light. And then they, they convert that energy from the sun and they charge the batteries and then the batteries run a, another light or something like the little light you stick in your by your driveway. Um, and that light shines all through the night because it soaked up the sun during the day. We have to soak up this light Oh, man, we're, we're on Youth Sunday, and the youth is so good. And I want to encourage you to start your, your youngins early. Uh, talk, you know, they soak up so much. Flint is, uh, I, I try to teach him, but he comes to Sunday school, and uh, Cindy McGee does an amazing job. She is a, a skilled teacher, and she teaches him the Word of God, and he soaks it up. And he comes home and he teaches me about scripture. And I go, I'm going to put that in my sermon. Plan. Thank you. And he's eight years old. And, and they soak it up early. I want to encourage you to bring your kids to Sunday school because this is the time when they're this tall that they're soaking it up. We've got to soak in the light that is shined on us. It's there. This verse talks about what is good and right and true. Goodness. The goodness we have a creator, God, who has the right, because he created us, he has the right to give us commands. He created order, and his order is good. When God creates things, they are good. As, they, as he intended them to be, everything is good. Now, uh, the way that uh, comes chaos if it's not how God intended, right? Let me explain that. So, uh, for instance, we've been using the sun as an example, as an illustration. If the sun were not uh, uh, exactly as it is, there would be chaos. Now, sometimes in the summer, maybe some of you think, man, I wish God would have created the sun just a little bit further away on those 100-degree days. But then be assured that in the wintertime, when it's negative 70 degrees, You'll be regretting that wish. God has made everything in its order, and it is good, not chaos. It is good. His commands are good. In His Word, what He tells us to do, it is good. Our ideas, outside of this text, outside of this scripture, not so good. Righteousness. Jesus God in the flesh. When God sent his son here, we see righteousness. Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled God's commands perfectly, which we cannot do. This is why Jesus' substitutionary sacrifice, substituting for us, it allows us to live in his righteousness by his spirit let me tell you what it's like to live with the Holy Spirit as your helper the Holy Spirit as your advocate it's unparalleled and it is a process to get there and we have to constantly be rethinking in terms of man I need help from the Holy Spirit but once when we're able to tap into that we're able to fully understand how the struggle, how the suffering can be joy. Truth. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. The whole truth. The whole truth. But sometimes we don't want to believe the whole truth. We only want to hear part of it. Uh, We don't want to hear the idea that we need to uh, love our enemies. We just want to receive the salvation the good things that we are offered, but we need the whole truth, the whole goodness of God's Word. Both the New Testament and the Old Testament. This is one complete, full, amazing story of good news. And it works together. You can't have half without the other. This is God's Word and His plan, the whole truth. Both justice and mercy are needed in our lives. Both God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are needed. We must shine. For us to live like the light, to light up the darkness, we must shine. Number three, make the most of it. Make the most of it. What are we talking about? Make the most of what? Make the most of your life especially youth. Now it's time to uh, start making decisions to make the most of your life, but it, it applies to all of us. Verse 15 tells us to be wise. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. You know, uh, wisdom often comes with age, but it's, it's also given to those who fear the Lord. Everybody wants to be wise. Everybody wants to be wise. You don't have to be a Christian to want to be wise. But not many people want to do what it takes to be careful how they live. Uh, Not many people want to listen to God, want to um, let God take control of their lives. We are told to live like those who are wise not like the fools verse 17 tells us not to be reckless don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do today's choices determine tomorrow's consequences we make some pretty reckless choices don't we from time to time, and those choices, they affect the future. These choices, reckless choices, could be like deciding that reckless decision to go ahead with a one-night stand, and that affects the rest of your life. Negatively affects your future marriage, your future relationships, a reckless decision maybe, is to have one more drink, or maybe riding with that person who had one more drink, and then a car crash that takes lives. Maybe that reckless decision is is not studying for the test the night before. Then you fail the test and perhaps fail the class and be held back perhaps that reckless decision is saying a hurtful word when you didn't mean it to a friend or family hurtful words that will have consequences tomorrow don't be reckless and be filled with the Holy Spirit Verse 18 tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you pull up to a gas station in your car, you put gas in your car, it's a good feeling. you got a full tank, you hang it up, you screw on your cap, you get in your car, and you can drive 300 and some miles. You don't have to worry about gas for a while longer. It's a good feeling, right? But the reality is, as soon as you fire up your car and you pull out of the gas station onto the road, you've already be- burnt fuel. Your tank is already less empty than it was when you hung the pump up. Constantly burning fuel. And you'll have to come back to it again to put more gas in your tank. Uh, spiritually, being filled with the Spirit is the same way. We burn this energy and you guys know it's true. When you be as good a Christian as you can, and you try to live up, and you express witness to somebody, sometimes that takes a toll on you, and it drains you. Well, we need to be refueled, just like we have to go back to the gas station, filling ourselves with the Spirit. This is coming to uh, to your your family's house when when they are focusing on the Word of God. This means coming to church, but not just church. It means listening to, to music that will lift you up, that will uh, reflect God's goodness in His light. It means sharing it with others, because guess what? Other folks' tanks, spiritual tanks need filled too. And we need to work to fill others' spiritual tanks, just like we need our tanks full both on a regular basis we need to do these things we must be filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis and we can't settle for just a little bit we can't settle for just a little bit of Jesus you're talking about lightness and uh, light and darkness we are to be the light that lights up the darkness have you ever uh, you know light before a cell phone uh, most of us here know that Everybody younger than I am. Um, Now everybody carries a flashlight around because they have their cell phones. But before cell phones, you didn't always have a flashlight on yet. I mean, unless you were super cool like that. But I can remember uh, when I was young having to work on things like the tractor after dark. And you would go to get the flashlight. And somebody used a flashlight, all the batteries you heard did. When you would use it, and so you turn the flashlight, and it's bright for just a second, but it goes dim. So you have just enough time to uh, put a bolt on the tractor or to work on it, and you have to shut the flashlight off and work in the dark just a little bit because it kind of recharges or something. And then in, in the two minutes, you can turn it on real quick, and you got a few seconds where the light to, to screw the bolt the rest of the way in. And so you struggle through this. You're working in the dark, and you're not able to do to your to do it to your fullest extent. Because you've just got a little bit of light, not a lot. Don't settle for a little bit of Jesus. You're going to walk through life, and you're going to hit your head on things. You're not going to be productive. We need to have full tanks of Jesus. Not settling for just a little bit, but a life filled with the light so that we can light up the dark light up the dark with wholesome speech. The good things we say provide this light to others. The good things that we do provides this light of Jesus. Verse 20 talks about how we should be thankful. Giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being thankful, it all comes down to whatever we have, whatever mercy we've been given came from Jesus. Be thankful. And verse 21, this idea of a humble attitude, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Reverence if we are to revere Jesus as who he really is, then we can understand how much he loves us and how much he wants that love for everyone. He gives us the job to share that love, to live as the light, to light up the darkness by, one, not being deceived by the devil. Number two, by shining the light that He gives us, reflecting that light. My number three, making the most of your life. Using your life to shine that darkness. And speaking of making the most of it, making the most of your life, the, the most important decision that you'll ever make is the decision to finally turn your life over. Now, that decision... Sometimes comes easy, sometimes comes hard, but I guarantee that it, it will be the most important decision that you ever make. And, and if you don't understand it now in this life, then you will when the time comes to lead this life and understand what the light and the darkness is all about. And I want to invite you to make that decision if you haven't already. Won't you pray with me now? Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would come into us, Lord, thank you for this word that you've given us in the letter to Ephesians, the word about uh, how we can share the light that you give us, the mercy and forgiveness. God, I pray that you will help us to be bold to do that. Lord, I pray that... If there's anyone here today, God, that hasn't accepted that light, or maybe we haven't, maybe we're ready to be filled with the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would come now and fill us all. Lord, and help us to make decisions every day that glorify you. Lord, help us to not mock you, God. We, We don't want to slander our Creator, our Savior. We love you. We're so thankful salvation that we get so that right now what we are experiencing we can say is the worst God we know it's the worst because everything on the other side of this life is the best God being with you is the best we look forward to that moment well, we look forward to seeing you God face to face I pray that these youth would be strengthened and would be blessed by your word, God, and they would raise up to be leaders. That they would shine your light among all people and all nations. God, I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.